0: welcome back to the Gestalten podcast everyone as you know my name is martin groshwald and you have not really heard from me a lot over the past few weeks which mainly had to do with this little thing that happened over here in munich which is called the munich motor show or as the germans say the IAA. now as part of the iaa we were allowed to host a number of panels and events that had to do with the topic of design. And the podcast you're about to listen to is one of these design panels that were hosted during the IAA. Part of this panel, which was titled Design Mobility Solutions, is Bruno Zangalm, the VP of Design for Airbus, Anna Forschner, Creative Director at BMW Design Works, and Christian Russell, who's the CEO, of a Mobility Provider Ferry. So without further ado, we dive into the topic of how mobility solutions in general are designed from all these different kind of topics. And we are very much looking forward to having your feedback if you couldn't have joined us at the IAA, now on the audio side. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here and have a lovely panel with me as well. And... Before we start, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page with this. When we talk about design, and the panel is, of course, about designing mobility elu- solutions, we're not talking about design engineering as a lot of people might think. We're talking about creative thinking. We're talking about creatively Uh, creating a product uh, in that context. And there's a lovely German word for that, which is called gestalten. Uh, Unfortunately, that's the best we can do uh, for the English translation in that sense as well. But this will be a very creative kind of a conversation that we talk about today. And I'm very fortunate to have a panel with me that comes from various different areas of the well mobility industry and i would like to start with bringing uh bruno Zanjalm on the stage over here uh please give it up a round of applause for bruno and uh, bruno is the vp of design for a tiny little company that some of you have heard of which is airbus yeah bruno thanks welcome on stage and uh we will have very interesting insights from him in the coming few minutes Now, second of all, I would very much like to present and welcome on stage Christian Russell. Uh, Christian, welcome, and a round of applause for him as well, please. (laughs) Christian is the chief executive officer for a company called Ferry Inc., and Ferry is a subscription service for the mobility industry, so... um, you will find these guys very, very soon. They have had a very, you know, short kind of introduction to the company here at the IAA with a big reveal coming up in Austin in the next few weeks. October, I think, um, is when you are yes. launching worldwide. So um, welcome, Christian. And last but certainly not least, um, unfortunately, this mobility design industry is extremely Heavy on the male side, so we're super happy to have Anne Forshner with us, creative director at DesignWorks. Works. Anne, welcome to the stage, and uh, give a round of applause for her, please, mm-hmm. as well. And some of you might know Anne uh, with some of her creations actually have hit mm-hmm. the road already in the past, such as the BMW M3 and M4. So um, she's pretty good at what she does um, in that <laughs> context. So uh, welcome to the panel, and. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation today about an ecosystem because we're talking about mobility constantly nowadays in, in this world and at the show as well. And we're talking about ecosystems, we're talking about experiences, we're talking about solutions. Now, given that these are all buzzwords, and Christian, I want to start with you on this one because you're coming from an industry which is service-oriented, um... How important is the actual product, and let's say it is a car, let's, like a BMW or like uh, you know uh, anything that we have here on, on stage, how important is the car to these ecosystems, or do we have to think differently about that?
1: Well, I think if we're looking at the future of mobility overall, the car is obviously going to continue to be central. Um, but I think more broadly, you know, from my standpoint, which to be fair, is really uh, from a user experience, a product experience, a brand experience layer. I have a design background uh, traditionally, but um, I think the opportunity is to really completely rethink the next generation of what it means to get from point A to point Z. So that could be, for instance, an airplane to a, an e-car mm. from ferry to, um, you know, a last mile uh, e-scooter. The, everything that we think about as it relates to kind of mobility and drive in general is going to change. And I think products, the idea of the, the sort of convergence of the traditional notion of automotive as kind of a very heavy, uh, you know, asset-heavy product is going to change fundamentally. I think we're going to see so many new entrants that are, you know, unrecognizable from what we've seen for the last hundred Mm -hmm. years. The basic form and function of a car has not changed fundamentally. And now I think over the next 10 years, that entire sort of design language is going to become uh, somewhat obsolete. So it's an exciting moment.
0: Anna, you're the exterior designer in this, in this group and you're hearing that, uh, you know, the car, like, you know, the shape of the car, whatever it's going to be uh, from Christian could become obsolete. What, what are your thoughts about this? How are you guys, as, as more traditional transportation designers, think about that and how do you see these new impacts affecting your work?
2: Well, I mean, I think as long as a real person has to go from A to B, there is a product That needs to bring that person there and I think the product itself is uh, mega important because Mm. people want to feel comfortable or like uh, they want to have a nice environment in the in the product and um, I also think that uh, aesthetics are still um, very important for people uh, like in interiors or uh, interfaces also in exteriors I mean I strongly believe that the job has to change and also products have to change and they will look differently. Um, but uh, I think the product itself um, is uh, still super, super important and it needs to be um, uh, having uh, the, the aesthetics uh, or the, the, the right feel and uh, they need to... Um, they need to uh, answer the questions that human needs yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Bruno you, you're actually right in the middle of those uh, exactly. these two guys yeah? so yeah. You, you, you are a manufacturing house obviously with Airbus but you're also answered to clients, which in your case are airlines. So um, I would like to say that this industry is maybe a little bit further ahead of what's happening already in the, you know, passenger s- uh, industry. But what are your thoughts when you hear both of these guys, you know, giving, yeah. giving their ideas and you're somewhere in the middle?
3: Yeah, exactly. When I, I a hand, you know, said, okay, the product is very important, you know, because the it's it's stylish of the products, for example, my, my, my Aera, you know, the, the trim and finish, the, the shape, but we delivered, you know, the the, the product for a service, you know, the, the airlines uh, sold the product, the experience to the airline, to the customer. But what is coming now? Uh, what I see, the uh, you know, because service for uh, for for my clients, for my customers are are revenue, is a business, is a new business model. You know, for example, what could be the digitalization will come on to the cabin? What how do you can generate the revenue? Um, uh, and, and more important is, uh, from my point of view, is, uh, is a door to door. You know, the, when you decide to 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 make your your destination, to final destination, uh, you can fix it. Because today, you know, if you are in Munich, you need to take the, the the taxi or the the subs. You go to the airport. You will spend a lot of time on the airport for security reasons to enter on the plane. And if you have a destination, is the same story. And certainly with uh, operators, on the future, you you can. Uh, um
0: airways you know all these uh, gates Mm -hmm. and you 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 mentioned this is the experience that comes behind it as well so there's an overarching you know word that has been around which is this kind of experience factor and you are all on the creative side and we've discussed this before and we say it of course that design is probably the only department in any given company where everything comes together where there's a touch point to anything that happens in a company now, when we talk about experience, and it's something rather intellectual, yeah, because it's not a traditional product, it's nothing that you can ne- necessarily grab. How are you dealing with that? How are you building experiences? And uh, Christian, I'll start with you again because <laughs> you are kicking off the company, you know, you've been, you've been in it for a few months now. And how are you understanding experiences, brand, so that people still want to use a service or a product because it's becoming more important?
1: Yeah, and it's interesting for us. So with Ferry, the kind of foundational core principle is design drives everything. So that allows us to do a few interesting things. On one side, we think about design as it relates to the user experience from end to end. So that's really about creating that sort of customer layer of, of a positive experience, trust, um and and so that is sort of decoupled also from the drive experience to a certain extent so because we're a platform that kind of you know partners with OEMs of every stripe whether that's a BMW whether that's a Polestar whether that's um any basically OEM that is looking for a way to bring more e-cars directly to people um it gives us enormous latitude to also kind of think through kind of the user experience as it relates to the automotive experience. And, um, you know, I think one thing that car companies do really well is make beautiful cars, Um, sometimes not so beautiful cars, but but the the goal is to make beautiful cars. Um, But I think that user experience layer, and I use that term very broadly, I think is going to start to drive... Um, a much broader discussion around form following function um, and a much broader discussion around what what design means and how design relates to these aspects of of trust and customer affinity beyond just this is a beautiful uh, you know piece of merchandise or this is a bur- beautiful product or a beautiful car or a beautiful scooter or a beautiful. <laughs> It's beautiful airplane. It's, it's going to be much more about kind of interweaving all those different layers of design. And, and, you know, we have an app that we want to make the most beautiful application platform marketplace for e-mobility. But then, of course, because I have a design background, it's very important for those layers of, of kind of design thinking to mm. drive the core values of the business. And I think... That is something we need to see more of um, you know really from a from an executive boardroom level at more traditional OEMs because you know design thinking is is going to radically shift um, this next phase of drive um, and and so you know I think I'd like to see more chief design officers in the boardroom and chief product officers and folks that are really thinking about. How there is a correlation between not only a beautiful product, form following function, but also the way that that user interacts with that product. Mm. And that's, gonna, that's also going to just radically shift over the next 10 years.
0: How, how do you guys see that design works? Because uh, obviously, Designworks is, is it's a BMW company, but you guys are not just working on cars; you're working on all the different kinds of things. So you see these touch points, these experience layers, actually firsthand. Mm. And how does it affect you? And what maybe limits you in that kind of context as well? Because the more layers you stack onto something, of course, the question is, you know, h- how much can you handle at one given point? I mean, this is the, the complexity behind it.
2: I think at Designworks, it's a bit more. Easy to do, like to do design thinking more than styling, because at BMW obviously uh, the design department is part of a big uh, group uh, of departments, and um, this design thinking uh, is happening more easily in a detached um, uh, design uh, center, mm-hmm. yeah, because. It's not um, in, in inside a silo um, yeah. of uh, different departments. and um, But I see the same way. I mean, there needs to be like a, a big system and process change. First of all, we all have to uh, know what humans really need. Yeah, that's the first thing because there is also uh, the... Uh, yeah, we pretend that... We know what people need, so this is the first thing to do. What do humans really need, and how do we bring it into our processes? Um, so, and how will that uh, make the role of a designer change? Because the 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 um, I, I always like think the stakeholders that come come to design like aerodynamics, technical issues, uh, um, laws, and whatever all the kinds of that come to design and from there on you have to um, design the project but they will change yeah mm-hmm. so they will be uh, more in the digital direction more in the sustainable direction so you have to connect these people somehow and the, and uh, this needs to have a more of a in a designer's role more of a different process and a more of a different um, position in a system not a little um Puzzle piece yeah. in a row, but more of a able to be design thinking and uh, taking the stakeholders in different places from the beginning. And uh, at works it's a bit more easy because it's not that big of a puzzle mm-hmm. and it's more of an outside uh, bubble. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. I will take this opportunity because you know, for me, the, we need to, to to write the story, you know, to explain because you know, the experience is a story. If you, if you have a nice story, it's very easy to sell it. And, it's uh, like in Airbus, you know, we have a group, you know, they made a customer insight, you know, they understood what is uh, the trend of the market, different, not on aircraft industry, different industry, uh, consumer product, uh, services, and they give us a lot of inputs. Uh, it's very important for us to understand, to be the story, to sell to the customer, mm-hmm. because, you know, the customer trusts us, are the, I will say uh, always as a designer, who are the, the lawyer of the customer inside the company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, yeah it's part of the complete experience and the reason why in uh, on my company we decided to go to air uh, <coughs> urban mobility. Uh, we create a division uh, in Munich uh, to design the vehicle and the services, the experience, what will be, because we provide urban mobility, <coughs> helicopter and aircraft. And will be the... Okay, we need to be, my point of view Need to be more seamless and digitization is a tool for that.
1: Hmm.
0: How, do, how do you guys believe this seamlessness is going to happen? Because let me be devil's advocate over here. We're looking into the world right now yeah? and uh, we, we can take the city of Munich as a good example. I probably need uh, three to five apps to take all the mobility solutions that are offered in the city. Yeah? If it's a scooter, if it's, um, you know, if it's public transportation, if it's a share car, all these kind of things. How can you change that this actually becomes a seamless experience. Does it, does it come from you know, somebody or like a privately owned company who tries to own that and then to work it out. Does it need to come from regulators? I mean, you guys in the in the Airbus, in the, you know, in 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 the aerospace industry are really heavily relying on regulators from the political side as well. Where does it come from? Because it seems to me that when we build an ecosystem, it's all great. Everybody's talking about it, digital ecosystems and so on and so on. But if you really think about seamless customer experience that we want to create. This only happens if we really can connect everything together. How, how, how is that going to happen and where do you see objections or problems? Okay, <clears throat> i take the point. Uh, uh, for, for, for my point of
3: view, uh, we have to, first of all, we can change everything is done. You know, we can change a car, we can, uh, we, we need to, and we can change the aircraft, what it looks like today, the interiors, we don't change uh, uh, the, the ecosystem, you can change the roads, everything. First of all, digitization is very important we see that uh, okay you have a decarbonization is a, is mandatory for the future uh, sustainability but I strongly believe digitization will help you know to to change you know what I said is a, a descriptive continuity you know we need to be descriptive but we need to to follow what uh, what we have today we can change in in a couple of years it's, it's quite difficult
1: I mean uh, yes in short I agree I think you know, the, there, there needs to be a unifying layer that can connect all of these different systems of mobility. Um, and that's really driven by user experience end-to-end. So we need to really, like, rethink user experience as it relates to the customer. And again, like, when you look at, I think, more traditional automotive thinking it's really based on you know a set of aesthetics which are very important um, and a set of sort of historical criteria, whether that's homologation, um, you know there are limitations because fundamentally it's a car can be a weapon mm-hmm. it can be it 's not like designing a bike where you know the 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 impact is potentially smaller so um Scooters can be a weapon. So I think part of it is, is thinking through um, what that user experience means as it relates to optimizing for the customer. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of software thinking that we've seen for 20 years, right? So I, you know, when I was at Art Center 20 years ago. I, I was in the user focused on user experience and, and, and brand and design. And then all of my kind of, uh, other students were in the automotive design program and they're, you know, they're building these gorgeous cars and, and there was such a division between kind of our kind of focus, right? Um, But then if you take a step back, it really, I think now, especially moving into this new future of drive where you have literally, uh, you know, the form of the car can be completely reconsidered. The scale, the size, a a car that's traveling to the city, Martin, you and I talked about this. If you're just in a city, you have different sort of crash test requirements, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can cap the speed of the vehicle. So then does that allow us to look at a different form in that context. So um, this is a moment in which kind of the traditional software thinking and optimization thinking that's very user focused, which has been happening in Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. for years is going to start to marry, I think a lot more with product thinking and really thinking about what does it feel like for that user when they sit in the cockpit, when they sit in their seat on the plane, when they sit in their, BMW, um, and it's not just the dashboard, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's about, like, what is necessary, what is not necessary? And sort of my bias is always, you know, the maxim of simplicity. So in terms of our app, it's about simplicity, beauty and simplicity. You know, it's it's the age-old thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, foundational design principle. And I think we over-engineer a lot on the automotive side because there is just... Some notion that you need to create more in order to create more value, but to the extent that you can then sort of under-engineer and really focus on what is necessary for that driver when they get in the car or the vehicle or whatever it is that toaster, um, what do they need in there, and what are what are the things that are going to impact their their experience positively and also make it a safe experience. Mm-hmm. Beyond that when you look at kind of L4, L5 autonomous, and suddenly we're just basic, basically being ferried around and we're in uh, basically these autonomous lounges, then that creates an entire other set of user experiences because then you're just really about optimizing productivity, getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's a much broader way of answering your question. I think there needs to be a unifying layer, but it can, there can be multiple um, you know, forays into that space that kind of start to marry these and weave these different threads together. Um, so I think there's huge opportunity there. I hope Ferry is one of those layers um, that kind of weaves specific, specifically electromobility together into a fabric that, you know, can actually work um, for folks from a user experience perspective. But I think there are going to be a lot of folks thinking more broadly about, you know, data Like how do we actually aggregate data in a way that then speaking about governments, how do we then, you know, actually have less uh, qualitative Mm -hmm. analysis when we're looking at sort of governmental policy, we can actually have quantitative data that then actually starts to transform the way that we plan cities, the way that we uh, structure incentives, the way that we look at kind of you know, you know integrating various political uh policies as they re- as they relate to to sort of the next generation of drives, so mm-hmm. lot, lots of stuff there
0: this it becomes very, very interesting because you just brought governments local governments, whatever you want to call it cities, towns, into all these kind of things do do we think we need to include them much more when we build these kind of ecosystems when we start thinking about that or should we should we keep a system in place where privately owned companies or you know companies within the wider economy try to direct this because this seems to me a big problem right now like or a challenge that a lot of companies try to build ecosystems design them from the ground up but they don't really get the buy-in from Governments, and then of course the next kind of level uh, challenge that comes with that is: in which kind of area are you going to do it? Is it going to be interconnected towards each other? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, w- what are your thoughts on 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 that? Um, maybe Anne.
2: Of course, I think there needs to be cooperations of uh, all the these stakeholders that are uh, coming together: um, governments, companies, cities. I mean, in Copenhagen, Paris, you see that. Uh, there is like a big um, also a big um discussion about what what the plans are so there need to be uh, or talks together and planning for the futures together with big companies um There is no way around there it needs to be like this.
0: Bruno, you, 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 you somehow have these kind of cooperation. Yes, you know, but you know, sometimes with obviously your clients could be could but, be states as well. But you know, you, you, everybody believe you know if you spoke
3: with regulators is a is a constraint. But for me, it's not a constraint. It's a chance because it's at us to demonstrate to the regulators we can do some things with different operators. And and, and I believe is a you know for me again uh, 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 regulators authorities is not a constraint. It's a chance for us and what have a role to play. And with, but you know, for me, clearly, the, the our customers, the airlines are working on that. And, and I saw the number of startups, the way they want to look. The, the new airline will be created very quick. And what I tell you, you know, I flew last week uh, with a startup airlines. I was very impressed uh, with the digital, how they follow you and the, what they, they give you an experience on your travel. And it's a new way for me. It's a definitely a new way. And mm-hmm. again, uh, we need to make the seamless, uh, travel experience and and definitely the business model you have a room
0: for Do, do we think and maybe just really put it down to this kind of spot it's just like who do we believe this this layer what you mentioned Christian who could actually do it? Is it is it more something that needs to be done from the regulators, So let's say government cities? Do you believe it would be better to uh, take the Tesla approach, do it yourself, have a charging network uh, in place? Is it a mix of what we see nowadays with public transportation, where a city says, okay, we're going to ask who can do our tram and and all those kind of things? what, what do you see realistic of really making this a reality? Because it's a very abstract kind of concept building these ecosystems, but to make it a reality, what, what is your personal feeling as a designer? What would need to happen to make this a success?
1: Yeah. For, for us, it's very specific and very interesting. So in the United States, um, you know, we started very early partnering on a federal level and a state by state level with legislators, with city councils, with mayors, um, and sort of starting to have kind of more of an open dialogue, right, around both what the needs are and what, um, you know, kind of how we can be a catalyst for sort of this broad category of, you know, moving people forward in a way that that is, um, you know, fundamentally better for the planet. And obviously, we have this small existential threat of climate change. Um in which we may all, you know, <laughs> be dead in thirty <laughs> years. Um, so there's that little thing. Um, but but what we found is it, there's extraordinary appetite from a from a governmental both in the U.S. on a federal level. We're launching in Texas, which is an oil state. We're e mobility for everyone. Like that is a very tough um, nut to crack. Um, but we have had extraordinary. Um, traction there because you know there, there's just this sort of notion that change needs to happen. We're not ch- quite sure how. Mm-hmm. In a state like Texas, people want to drive. They don't want to take public transportation. They want the flexibility. And I think the U.S. in general has a sort of a predisposition, unless you're in New York, in a highly urban, you know, dense, large city, there's a predisposition to want to have your own car and have that sort of autonomy. So, um, and then adding COVID as a layer. And as that relates to governmental policy, you know, people even in New York, you know that, so we're going to launch in New York later next year. Like a lot of folks have either left the city and bought places upstate Mm -hmm. and now suddenly need a car You know, they've been taking the subway system for the last 20 years. Suddenly they need a car or, um, you know, folks that are in the city need other ways to get from point A to point B that doesn't involve the subway because people are nervous about being, you know, cooped up with, you know, 5,000 people on a closed (laughs) capsule Mm. moving underground. So I think COVID also is going to have a pretty significant impact on just the way people think about their own safety and their own autonomy. And I think it's going to drive a lot more individual car sales, um, which is also a problem, right? If those don't become more sustainable. Mm. So I think the appetite is huge. I think with governmental, like the folks we're talking to on the federal level, and the Biden administration is so so bullish on, you know, we need to move into 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 sort of more sustainable modes of transport. But again, with governments, they move slow. Legislation moves slow. This infrastructure package has been, you know, knocking back and forth in the halls of Congress for months and months and months and months now. Um, so there's sort of this shining city on the hill of you know, yes, we want to do all of these things. We want to fund it heavily. We want to figure this out. But then there's no design thinking or any sort of catalyst to actually execute on that, mm-hmm. right? There's, it's one thing to say we've allocated 400 billion towards e charging infrastructure. But then what do those chargers look like? How do you network those chargers? How do you create a single place for? seven different charging stations to have a single point of payment. How do you solve, you know, more broadly for range anxiety? Um, You know, what is the execution timeline? So where, you know, I think there's this, there's going to continue to be this push and pull between massive governmental and existential initiatives um, that are driven by climate change. And then the sort of real politic or the reality of how do we get there. And I think it's design to be fair. That's going to be the, 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 layer that solves it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: Bruno. You, yeah, yeah, for me, you're, you're not totally right, but you know, I'm living in Bavaria. I'm living in Munich. I saw a lot of transformations. The, the politic is pushing on that. You know, you saw the, the, ER, mm-hmm. uh, is it's, it's, a new format, mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe, you know, we spoke about EV car, but, uh, you know, EV cars, they don't reduce the number of cars, will be the same. Yeah, they, uh, for me, an important point, uh, because the time is running, but we need to think about e- education, you know. We will do the job. And today, if you look with the traditional education, what were you, all of three, we made it. And uh, I, I don't believe today we have the right education system in place to develop, to, to to train, you know, the, the, the student and uh, the future generation. And is a role to do that. Mm-hmm. And to, and uh, I know here in Bavaria, the, the, the politics uh, understood this one. They, they push, they create, they invest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, the, we need to think about the next generation. Because I tell you, it's a descriptive continuity. We need to be
0: stored on. What do you think this next generation when we talk about the designer when we talk about the mobility designer yeah. what do you think they will do and who will employ them do, do you think we will still get um, and this is going to be very interesting is Like Anne, do you still believe that you might be working and no offence to anybody at BMW but do you, do you think you might still be working to create vehicles at BMW or is the concept coming from maybe from somebody like Christian or from a, from the city of Munich maybe yeah. even that they say this is the concept that we want to do and then you have a, a franchise manufacturer because and uh, Bruno is 100% right when it comes to education but we need to start thinking about where could these people work when we give them that kind of uh, education because it needs to come from both ways
2: i mean they would still work in car companies i believe that the design field is just expanding you know there will still be people needed that our designers needed they are able to design a car because it's still or I mean future mobility, because it's still a very complex product. Mm. it's not like maybe only a bike, but in a car, especially when it drives outside of the city, there's a lot of um, aspects coming to it. There needs to be uh, crash safety um uh, radars uh, the, all the digital sensors um aerodynamics there are so many things that come together, and somebody has to t- still make it yeah still design the car itself but uh, m- maybe also in big companies there needs to be then different departments that employ designers that uh, work on the broader uh, holistic view on things I think it's expanding it's not that there will be not car designers and uh, the ability to do a car is still like you have to still learn it yeah um, but you have to be able to also think uh, more holistically. And I think that is like super exciting because finally you can go out of this small field and you can uh, think more holistically about how would you like the brand to be communicated? How is the brand feeling? How is it shaping? And uh, so there's, I think it's exciting to think that design is maybe also placed in different areas in the company.
3: Exactly. Today, we are. But for me, we are more on the engineering side or on the program side. But uh, but it's a responsibility to convince our manager. We need to be on the right place. Uh, I don't blame anyone because we are not on the uh, to report to the to the board member. But uh, it's a role to do and to demonstrate we can do that.
0: And christian how how would you obviously now, in what you 've just heard as well you know, how how are you implementing design and overall and how would you how would how would you wish that your colleagues and other de- other you know companies coming from all different kinds of backgrounds yeah. would do it? Because you, you're a very special person. There's very few people, uh, and, and I don't mean in a bad That's, way, but uh, well,
1: there's, there's very few people. Not the pe- first time. It's
0: been bad. <laughs> there's very few people on a, on a CEO level that yeah. actually come from a creative background. And if we talk about the car industry, there's probably only Thomas Ingenlatt, yeah. um, who's the CEO of Polestar, who has really made that kind of leap yeah. forward. What do you think needs to change within not just companies, but also within Uh, government cities to understand what this design is because we cannot force them to do it. There needs to be an intrinsic understanding that this is good for the future of the company, the city or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, a, a few things here. So, obviously right now our focus is on creating the best possible user experience for folks who want to buy a car in an easy, seamless way and have that delivered to their door. So our value proposition is very simple, but then it's about, you know, having the most beautiful, the most friendly user experience end to end. So that's the concierge piece. I have another weird data point here that's interesting, um, which everyone, as a sort of uh, design-centric CEO, let's say... um, you know, I I decided very early on that I also wanted to think about what would ferry look like in 10 years. Um, and I had the opportunity to work with um, a car designer by the name of Anders Warming, um, who probably lots of folks know. <laughs> um, he's quite, quite, quite extraordinary um, as a designer and we kind of as an exercise, I said, you know, let's design the ferry car of the future. Like, what would be the thing that we want to build from a user experience perspective? And let's start there. And obviously, we have these historical touch points. My co-founder, Tony Piech, has a very long automotive lineage going back to Porsche and, 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 you know... um, and so we had some touch points there about kind of this idea of creating an, a a, P, a car that is you know affordable, accessible, but completely upgradable, right? So as drivetrain uh, tech changes, and we published a, a manifesto on this yesterday called the Ferry Curve. But you know, I was at a, a company called Arm before uh, this, uh, most recently, and. You know, we had so much focus on automotive chip tech, right? So there, there are chips, there are like 50 ARM chips in every mm-hmm. car now, right? And, and so thinking through kind of, um, uh, you know, how, how we can redefine that user experience in terms of the drive experience and use these sort of traditional, say, Danish or Swiss principles of simplicity, and and starting from a standpoint in which I know nothing about designing a car, I have a decent aesthetic, and I have a very strong design standpoint and a strong view. But when Anders and I were in the room looking at mood boards and trying to figure out what we wanted this thing to be, um, you know, my sort of my the constant refrain was. No, we don't need that. Let's strip that out. No, we don't need that. We don't need that screen. Let's strip that out. What we need is a steering wheel, a gas pedal, <laughs> or an electric gas pedal, and, um, you know, that's basically it. Your device comes with you. So in the ferry car, the, you know, whatever device you have just comes and sits on your dash, and you know, it's going to be part of the seamless user experience of ferry. That said we're not gonna build that car um, until, you know, quite, quite a bit uh, 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 sort of into the future, but what that allowed us to do was then kind of rethink how we're looking at sort of our OEM partners like Polestar, like, you know, like uh, Piaggio, like BMW, and, and how we can sort of apply some of that thinking to uh, kind of the overall user experience of the customers as a brand layer of trust, right? So, and a brand layer, as a unifying layer of user experience that then can be ported into all these different um, applications, whether that's like the fairy app that becomes, that's your, your nav becomes, instead of the Apple Play app, it's, you know, the fairy app, and then that's unified with your experience when you're out and about, kind of, or looking for charging stations and it can all be sort of interwoven. And what's interesting about the the ferry car experience is, and getting back to the the arm uh, sort of chip thing, is this whole new Moore's law, right? So, you know, the the whole notion of chip technology basically, um, you know, the size and capacity reducing over time is going to be applied to battery tech. Mm. So any cars that we're designing right now, in two years, the battery tech is going to be twice as powerful. Range will be twice as long. In three years... So it's an exponential curve of innovation that we've not seen since probably the invention of the assembly line Mm. by Henry Ford. So I think... Any kind of car of the future that we start to look at really needs to think about like the product and the design is, is the shell, right? But then the drivetrain technology is just gonna be extraordinarily um, uh, different in, in five, six, seven, eight, nine years. So we need cars that have modular architectures that are very design focused but also have flexible user experience and a user interface um, to, kind of, uh, to kind of be at the leading edge of that. So I could go on and on, but, it, <laughs> but it's, 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 I think it's gonna be a fascinating, this next 10 years, we're gonna see unprecedented um, change in, in, in kind of the core technology of mm. drive. And it hasn't changed for 100 years. Yeah. Mm. So it's huge.
0: And I think with that, we've, we've run out of time. And I think, you know, first of all, you guys will still be at the forefront of these kind of changes. It doesn't matter if you are more on the product-related side, if you're on the service-related side or somewhere in the middle. I think we will see your faces quite regularly in the next five to ten years discussing these topics still. So um, thank you very much for making the time today. I really do appreciate it to all of you, uh, Anne Forshner. Christian Russell, and as well, of course, Bruno Sanchalm, and to all the public uh, over here. Thank you very much for listening to us. If you have any questions, we will be just outside after uh, the panel, after we are demiked. So if you have some questions, feel free to join us. And uh, with that, thank you very much for joining us and uh, have an enjoyable day at the IAA. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank you.